It's Monday night. It is 9 p.m. That means it's time for Let's Make It. Today is July 7th, uh, 2014, and this is episode 56, if I remember correctly. Uh, and tonight, Bob is back with me. So, how you doing, Bob? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. Have a, an okay fourth? <laughs> uh, it was quiet. It was all right. Did you see any fireworks? Um, no. You don't, don't we kind of hid in the house. Oh, okay. You're too old for fireworks, right? Uh, no, I love a good explosion. I just <laughs> wasn't on that great Friday. So. <laughs> All right. So tonight, Bob has a bunch of things for us, um, some things we've been working on, uh, an extension to what we left off with TV out from before, and um, I have a few things I want to cover. I know we originally planned on talking about uh, creating a library tonight. I have the library created but not debugged so it's not functioning 100 percent. so that gives me an extra week to get that done so uh, we will come back to that maybe next week uh before we go and look at what bob has though because i think he has a lot tonight for when he's scaring me a little earlier in the email uh let me show you a couple things that i've gotten um and also give you a quick update on a couple of projects um let's do projects first so i my beehive thing i know jim in the chat rooms uh, been emailing me things for this. I have the solar part of it done. It's outside sitting and charging via sun every day. And I haven't done any kind of load test on it to see how long it runs things. But based on calculations, it should run things for about two and a half days on a full charge. And it should be able to charge it within six hours. So I should be good to go with that. Um, so far, it's the charging is work, working great, though. Um, I have gotten some things in for that project, and I'm going to show you to you here. The quadcopter, I should take pictures before I came in here. I've been working on that for the last couple of weeks. Actually, the, the hexacopter is what I'm working on the most. And I have everything but a couple small plugs. It's amazing how many different types of plugs there are for batteries. Um, as, I, as I started going through this, there's bullet plugs, which I have some on the way, which you know are easy to, to make. And then there is um, plugs that are... Uh, straight on and there's plugs that are straight on one way and twisted the other way so all these different types of plugs depending on what battery manufacturer you get it from uh, makes a big difference so um it's been one of those things where i just have to get all the right parts in it's pretty much assembled and ready to go except for i'm waiting for one piece of wire and a plug all right so here's some things i've gotten i want to explain a little bit because we can talk about this in, in a few episodes coming up first of all this is an open source uh, quadcopter controller. Actually, you can do an octocopter, I believe this one can. Uh, open source, it basically runs the same chipset as an Arduino, and uh, you can program anything you want. There's, It's an open source project. You can download everything. It's very interesting. This is going to be my my one quadcopter, and it's going to be this controller right here. And uh, Bob in the chat room will know a couple of these things are. This is a Teensy. This is an Arduino. Uh, it can be more than Arduino. It doesn't have to be an Arduino, but um, I have it lit right now with Arduino code. So this is what I'm going to use in the in the B counter project. So I haven't even gotten started on that project yet, other than I got this to learn how a little bit how it works. But I am going to start using this as the tiny Arduino, and I'm going to use that for each beehive for the controls or to monitor everything. So got those in. I haven't even had a chance to plug this one in yet. This one I've loaded the Arduino code on, so uh, that's good to go. And then this is a new CPU. And if you ever use DDWRT on a wireless router, you were using one of these. This is what this run is inside of most routers to support DDWRT. Um, I'm looking at this to replace some of the Arduino stuff that I'm doing inside my controllers because the control the Arduino stuff I've been using isn't quite powerful enough. Um, I have been playing with the uh, new Arduino Galileo, and it is fast enough, or it appears to be fast enough. However, its boot time is quite long, and I'm just not happy with that. So I'm going to start playing with this, uh, and I have a development kit as well that's out in the other room plugged into the computer. I didn't bring the whole thing. I just brought this, this in. So that's something when we start talking about in the near future, too. It's rather inexpensive. has two built-in wireless uh, on, the ch on the chip and everything. So it's, it has network and all that stuff built into it. So that's actually interesting. So one of the other projects I'm doing is I'm doing wireless tally, and the requirement was to 1,000 feet. So I'm looking around for wireless. This is a 900 megahertz, it's 9.958 megahertz, I think, uh, wireless serial device. And supposedly, with the right antennas and direct line of sight, you can do up to uh, it's 40-some miles, or maybe it's kilometers. Either way, it's a, long, it's, a, it's a lot longer than what I need. With the base antenna, supposedly this thing will work up to three football fields, which is probably about what I need 
uh, what, I'm, what I'm looking for. So something else I'll be playing with. Again, it's serial, and it does up to whatever double of 115 is. 230-something or whatever, whatever the high speed is for that. So look for that in a, an upcoming episode as well. So lots of new things came in this week. <laughs> so uh, this week... You have, we're, all the, you have all these new parts. I've just been playing with the TV for the last couple weeks. <laughs> did, you, did you get Pong working? You know, I've, I've, I've thought about it, but every question that I was getting was about uh, text display. Not, oh, okay. On, I, I did not get a single question about gaming or how to display any of that. So I focused on on the questions that I that, and I've gotten quite a few over the last couple of weeks. So yeah, and I, I saw in the chat room that I saw in the chat room that Jim mentioned about uh, defined fonts, like custom defined fonts as well. User, user, he said user defined fonts. So that's a text based thing as well. Yes, and actually, I have yes, I have those files open right now. So, I, I've been playing with the library with this project as well, or this demo. I've I've got a modified library too. Good. So, you ready to roll? I think so. All right, it's all you. All right. Well, let me first switch to my desktop, and then. You'll get to see everything in reverse, and I'm sorry about that, but it's the only way I can show code and, uh, you know, have you have people see what's going on at the same time. So hopefully you can see me now. So I believe what I have loaded right now, this is the code that we used a couple weeks ago. Uh, the only thing I've changed here is I'm now running on Omega instead of uh, uh, the Uno that I was using two weeks ago. And I'll just upload that code again to get it restarted. So do you want to explain why? Um, the, the problem I ended up having, and it didn't, I didn't have it in this, in this uh, sketch, but it, it, the, the next one I had, uh, I had a memory problem. And I couldn't figure out why I was having, I was struggling so much. Um, but all I, I wanted to show this before. I did unplug uh, my Uno and just replugged in the Mega uh, and these pins, and all the code picked right up. Uh, nothing changed. And let me switch cameras. And here is the whole setup that I have for tonight. And I've added uh, a couple things to it. I have a little, I have a little speaker now, which I have one little piece of a demonstration of how to use a tone, and this is a eight ohm half watt, so not very powerful, and it's connected through a uh, 100, um, 100 ohm uh, resistor, and I have my. 25-pin keypad that I've used a couple times before. Uh, this is ground for everything, and here's the video out just like I used uh, a couple weeks ago. So, hey, so what's, hey, what's under your speaker? What's under the speaker? Yeah, what's it sitting on? Oh, just a mouse pad. Oh, okay, from, okay. I see it. Yeah, my, I see here, it. Yeah. Here's, here's the free plug. Yeah, there's a mouser. It's backwards, but that's okay. You can see what yeah, it is. It, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Mauser because I can drive there and get parts in 30 minutes. From from here, it looked like it was a box of some kind, so that's why I couldn't tell oh, what it was. No, no, it's uh, it's kind of funny because this is sitting on my desk, and the desk is a uh, kind of a black glass, so it reflects. Yeah, yeah. You're actually looking at at it. Uh, I'll switch cameras again. You can see the it, it's all sitting under the TV right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, but what I so I switched to the Mega because when I got to this file, and I'll go ahead and upload it, and of course this is where uh, now I had a I, I put in a couple things here. Um, the first is that I put in this delay at the beginning of it, um, and then I wanted to see what the size was. And did you hear that? I heard that. Yeah. Okay, 
All right, that's my little uh, that's my little contribution to music on the <laughs> on the Arduino. Um, I spent probably thirty or forty minutes jacking with that code, trying to get that sound to play, and then I got my wife to look at the music. Five minutes later, it was working. It was <laughs> annoying <laughs> that I wasted so much time. But hey, you know, she can read music and I can't. So. Um, but what happened with with this with this code right here? What I what I discovered is that the um, the TV out is using RAM, using active memory. So on an Uno, you only have 32k of RAM to of memory to start with, and you have um, you know half half a you know 500 uh, bytes. Um, is uh, is taken up with with the bootloader, and you add some code, and the standard display is one hundred. Uh, where is it? Standard display is one twenty by ninety six, and I've increased my demo to one thirty six by ninety six, but the standard display is one twenty by ninety six. Well, you do the math, that's 15.5K right there. So you add the bootloader, add some uh, uh, memory for variables, and now instead of having, you know, 30, 31K of memory to work with to upload to the Uno, well, I was down to 12. Right. And I couldn't, and I couldn't do anything. So, uh, you know, this sketch right here, I mean, you can see it's it's 20K all by itself. I mean, you do the math, you run out of you run out of room on the Uno very quickly, or at yeah. least I was. Yeah. And, and I mean, the big it's a big jump going to the mega, too. Right. And now I've got gobs of room that, uh, yeah, I've got far more memory than than I have resolution available in this library. So, um so it, it it was just a and then of course in the in the code that uh, uh, our friend Jim from Canada sent me that I modified, I put in that twenty five pin or twenty five key keypad. Well, that's got its own library with a couple k worth of yeah memory. yeah. So I I was uh, I really didn't have a lot of choice to be able to do anything. And then they add fonts and he's, you know it just keeps keeps growing. That's right. Um, and it becomes very difficult. Although I did find one thing on the net that I'll show in a little while that runs on an Uno perfectly, and I did test it. Although tonight, you know, we're going to look at it on the on the Mega, um, and of course I don't have a. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But um, this code, uh, it's pretty basic. Um, I am using for this television. I just liked the wider rather than 120 by 96 I went with 136 just because it looks nicer on the screen do you know what the maximum size is um there is a limit although when you start going up and why it there is a noticeable slowdown with 96 this display is updating at roughly 60 Hertz okay so, so you, and the, and the formula for the timer is based off of the off of the Y resolution. So you go up on the Y, you slow the the refresh rate. Okay. So Jim wants to know how do you check the number of bytes you used on the Uno? And uh, the way you can tell that is when you upload it, at the very bottom you see right there on his, where he uploaded it says the sketch uses how many bytes of program storage space, and then it says the maximum is, and that's where you would know how close you are. Yeah. So. So not so not only do we have you know so this number is the one we have to worry about so this sketch you know, just over twenty k and then variables are using global variables are using that it doesn't actually tell you um, local variables when they're being allocated and deallocated right that's only what you what it's fixed like a static right. So, and that's why, and if I come over here to Jim's, 
let me compile his real quick. See, his, his is 13, 13K, almost 14, and it just wouldn't fit anymore on an Uno. So, so that, yeah, here, Jim, here's your, here's your code, here's your modified code. So, but in this one, um, how in depth do you want to go with this, Mike? You can go as in depth as you want. Okay. Well, the I, I'll, I'll just kind of skim through this because I've tried to be good about commenting. Um, essentially, what this first uh, this TV out demo file is is I do I change the uh, I change to some variables for some things, and then I have you know a little I have our intro, and this is a I put this in because I needed a delay. Um, let me go back to let me go back to this one and yeah watch the watch the TV when the when the TV out uh, logo starts coming down you're gonna see it shift in X you see it there yeah I saw that okay that ha that seems to happen everywhere um, and it got to be real annoying, and I could never figure out where it was coming from. But it's in the it's in the way the thing is the timers are getting set up. So I put this little delay. I put this intro in more than anything else, just so I had a had a uh, a standard delay before I got started. And then I created this, uh, you know play charge just because I, I wanted something to play sound. Right. There it goes. <laughs> um, and then I took the cube that is in one of the, that's in the basic example that you get when you download the library. I just turned it into its own function. So oh, somebody, okay. could, somebody could strip that out and, and use it, uh, use it somewhere else and now it's pulled out of the uh, because it was running right out of the main loop which isn't very useful if you want to move it somewhere right so so a lot of so this intro um, puts a you know we're, we're using the, the the print function we're drawing a line across the screen um, Having a delay, all I'm doing is printing a period across the uh, across the screen, um, and then this right, this code right here, uh, you know, just centers things on the screen so it so it looks nice, um, and it's you know it gives some you know some examples of how you can. Um, you, how you can format things and center things and um, you know the, and that's the questions that I was getting uh, leading up to this demonstrate you know this demo was you know putting things on the screen in text and how do how do you do that and so that's where this came from and then for the the charge tune um, I, I I've got in here, you know, where I got the tune from, where I got the frequencies from, uh, and it is connected. Uh, you know, I took it. Uh, oh, let me back up. For the display, we talked about this uh, before. the The display on the for the TV is running off of timer one on the Uno or the Mega. Um, the, the audio is actually running off a timer two because it's got to get a higher frequency rate. And I'm using pin 11, or I'm sorry, pin 10, just like uh, it says here, I didn't move any of the pins. Um, and it, it, it played, once, once I got my wife to, you know, get me straightened out on the music, it, it picked right up. And, <laughs> So, and then all I'm doing is I, I set the value, you know, the time value for how much a note is, and I get I put a small delay in, uh, in between notes, 
and I just play the six notes of the of the of the tune at the appropriate length of time, which is why I was getting it wrong, is because I couldn't read the music. So, and once I did that, it was all good. So, I'm gonna. So the TV library has sound functions built into it. Then it has the basic tone functions built in. Okay. So all you've got to do is give it a frequency. And, you know, so that was, I figured charge was. Yeah. Okay. For me, I needed simple. So, yeah, that's fine. Uh, you know, but you, you can, if you can generate a frequency, then, uh, then you can generate the sound. So, and then these, uh, these functions down here. Now, this is where I did play with the library a little bit. Um, is this get font X and get font Y are actually some of my functions. Um, and I have, uh, I've emailed the author of the library to see if he wants me to put these convenience functions. I actually didn't find anything functional in the library that I thought I could improve on. Um, everything I've done is just being convenience for you know, how, where do you get the X font? Where do you get the Y font? Um, you know, some little things like that. Right. So, um, but for sure, I'll have it in in the code when we when we upload the code. Um, but I have asked if the if the author would like some of these convenience functions to be added into the to the library. So, okay. So here is here is Jim's code, and I'm looking on my other monitor to see if he's if he's talking to me yet. No, not yet. He's being quiet tonight. Now he's now what he what he did. Um, this is a this is a nice example of using a uh, a scoreboard. It, it, essentially, it's a scoreboard, and the way he wrote this is. You don't, if you come back here in, in this code, when you start something, you clear the screen. And then you, and then you put everything back on the screen again. Right. In Jim's code, all he's doing is refreshing the pieces. So if the time starts, well, then only, the, only this little part of the screen is actually being changed. And to help with, uh, you know, with the the functioning of the code, this screen actually only changes once every second, even though the the Arduino is putting it out at 60 hertz, the the text is only updating once a second. Okay. So, so this is where so when we start looking through this code, you'll see a lot of uh, code commented out. And that's because I took out, uh, he was using a 12 pad or 12 key keypad, and I'm using a 25. So I had a lot more keys to work with. Um, but if I come over here and I press the right button, my timer starts. And then we can, oh, looky, Team A is scoring big. Oh, no. Team B is coming back, so um, it's a. Uh, and then this this bottom part right here is actually a. This is a. It's a debugging code that shows you which key. So if I press the delete key on my keypad, it tells you that that's the key. Oh, okay. So if you were if you were going to use this in a, in the real world, you know, of course you'd take that out. But for when you're debugging this. Okay. Uh, you know, it's it's real handy to have. Uh, yeah. So you can tell what's have, what's being input. Yeah, tell what's being. You know. So. And of course, the this right here is the character code that's being that's coming up. So if I press a one to add one, will increase Team A's score. One is ASCII code 49. And that's actually where 
and I'm not going to go through this uh, this in too much detail because we actually this is the same keypad that I used in a previous demo. Right. So one of the things Jim's asking about how he's how the 25 keypad is integrated, and if I'm not mistaken, it's integrated basically the same way his four by four was. It just you have more keys to look at. That's right. And now the disadvantage of this is that I needed uh, I needed ten pins on on something to connect it. So it makes it really easy to use Omega for for this keypad is because I need ten I/O pins. Right. That's one of the things he's asking is can you use I2C GPIO? And yes, you could do that. You could. Yes, that's right. Sure could. Um, but I've used this I've used this keypad several times before, so I have it sitting around ready for demos. Um, so, and and I think uh, um, essentially what this whole you know all of this code um, now this is Jim's got this set up to run on an Uno, mm -hmm. and uh, if he uses his keypad. Then this, then this code will run on an Uno, uh, right? Because there's two, there's not enough pins if you're using for your your output and everything, and for the keypad. Right. It, yeah. You don't have enough I/O pins, and you don't have enough memory. Now, you know, the the 32k on an Uno just is not going to cut it with this with this keypad. Um. So, some of this, uh, you know, if, if if somebody is watching the previous demo. This code is going to look uh, exactly the same, um, and you know this is where I'm capturing, you know, capturing all the all the keys. And you can see, okay, if I press a zero, I'm decrementing Team A's score. Um, the so, or I can change the period and take it go up or down on it, or I'm using F zero to start. To, to toggle the timer, I could just as easily have used you know F zero to start and F one to to turn it off. Now, I'd, so I've got a lot of extra keys on here that I'm not using. Um, and then F three clears the whole mess and starts over. So if I come over here and press F three, Everything starts over and it's sitting there ready ready for me to press F0 again and start the timer. Yeah, so Jim's again asked, can you use GPIO to reduce the pin count? I mean, which is, the answer is yes. You can use a chip like a 23017, which is basically a 16 IO I2C based chip. Yeah. Fairly inexpensive one as well. Yeah, the, the only trouble might be is how much memory does that is needed for that library. Yeah, so you, you're going to run up against the problem of memory with a yeah, with a new You're still going to come up with the problem of memory. Yeah, now is a Leonardo any... I don't know what the memory is on Leonardo. Which is mm. still the same form factor, but I think it has more memory. I'll have to go... Um, I'll, I'll go look it up while you keep going. <laughs> okay. All right, so so this is code. Now, th this all of this commented code right here, this is where... This was Jim's old code, and he had... Gosh, he had to work hard to get this to work with a 12 pad or a 12 key keypad. Um, it was easy for me to do this. And Jim, you'll like this. This was really the only thing functionally that I changed is I added, I rearranged this little bit of code right here. So when the timer finishes the fourth period, it stops. And in the original code, it would actually, you'd get to the fourth period, and then the timer would restart at 10 minutes and continue going and then restart. So, I, I, essentially, this turns into the end of the game. So, that's really my only uh, functional change. And, sorry, I'm looking at the... At the other monitor and seeing if he's saying anything yet, and he's not. So, but this is a, but this was a very nice demonstration of blocking out uh, the, the 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 printable area and and updating things only as needed. So, and then of course here's where 
you know, I'm putting the, I'm capturing whatever is pressed and displaying it on the screen. So, so like right here, you know, this left arrow, if I press that, we're going to see a 132 and, and the arrow sign. And this is the, here's where the code's coming from. So, and then it puts it on the screen and it's, it's a, it's a nice, but somebody could very easily take this, rearrange it where you have, use a different font and have, you know, a larger time here, have team A score, team B score. Uh, you know, if, they, if they're looking for basketball, have fouls and... I'm going to guess based on his comment that it's it's probably hockey because he goes, where's the horn on the relay? Um, you know, I thought about that and uh, I didn't have time for the demo to put a horn in. <laughs> um, so I did look up the... But it's set up, it's set up for one. It's ready for it. I just, you know, I don't know what frequency and I just didn't have time to go find... Uh, uh, what the right frequency is and add it in. But um, I guess I can go find that and when we publish this code I'll I'll have a I'll have a tone in for you. So um <laughs> <laughs> he likes that. Yeah. Uh, there is a there is a difference between the R Leonardo R and the Uno as far as memory goes. The same limitation in memory exist on both, so it would not matter if you went to Leonardo. Oh okay. Yeah and and that's the and 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 also, even with, um, you know, when I got into mine at 136, that still requires, even that change requires more memory because the, the screen resolution is... Right. Uh, so if you go to 130, 136, yeah, see, it's, that's not right. Uh, my math is off somewhere, but yeah, it, you, you still need more room. But that's uh, essentially that's the problem is is memory for for this thing. So, um, but Jim wrote some nice code in here. Um, so, okay, the next the next file that I have uh, now this is one that I just kind of stumbled across over the weekend, and it was just too much fun to let to let go. And this is what I found, um, a TV out oscilloscope. Huh. And now, unfortunately, I do not have anything sitting around that generates a sine wave. Well, you have another so, Arduino, don't you? <laughs> um, it generates a square wave. Well, yeah. A sine wave. That's true. But I've got yeah. Now, so what I've done is... I took the, I took this code. Now, one thing note in here: if you download this, it comes in as a PDE file. And I had to go read a little history about this. Back in the pre-Arduino IDE, uh, before version one was released, the file extensions were PDE, which is the same as the processing app. I think I've run into this before on my, with my stuff, too. I downloaded something that was a PDE, and I'm like, what is this? Right. So. Well, it turns out this is an Arduino file that's written in pre-1, uh, in a pre-1 IDE. So I downloaded I downloaded the code, and I the only change, I didn't do anything with it, other than a couple little additions, and the code worked perfectly, and you can tell I'm using version 1.5.6. So I'm actually using one of the, you know, recent beta versions of the IDE, and it I didn't have any trouble with it. So the only thing I've added in in this code, and some of this I just don't, okay, I haven't studied it enough to get yet, um, is I added this little uh, this little variable, which I'm going to use, I use later, uh, you know, because I'm going to simulate, I didn't hook up. Um, this code assumes that you, you can have a pin connected to uh, pin two to change the scale on the, okay. on the, 
or or change the sample rate. And I didn't put uh, switches on here, so I just I, I simulate a key press later on. So I added that line, and then I added a tone just to give me something to show on the screen. So let me let me upload this and unplug the speaker. And you can tell, I mean, I, you're we're generating a square wave. Okay. So it is there. Now, just for fun, if I unplug this, I am getting, I mean, it's, I mean, this, this right here is just random. Yeah, random pulses. Random pulses just from static electricity from me. So... It is working, and you know it's unfortunately I don't have a I don't have a sine wave, you know anything that'll generate a sine wave, but this was too cool to pass up. Yeah, you know you get a uh, capacitor in, uh, in an Arduino could have given you a simulated sine wave. <laughs> sure, yeah, and if I had had you know, but I only found this. Yeah, yeah. A Saturday, so yeah, I just didn't. I, so what's how's it do the scaling? I mean, as far as voltage goes. Because there's no, you need to be careful because there's no protection on the pin for that. Um, in this one, I do have the I do have the 100 uh, ohm resistor in place, so I'm not running a straight signal, um, you know, into it. What is uh, the What is the input pin for for the signal? Uh, it's it's analog. Is it analog? Analog zero. Analog zero. Okay. Cool. And I'm generating, and I'm generating this off of the audio, uh, which is pin ten. Okay. So I'm out. So I'm coming out of the mega on pin ten, and then reading this back in off of analog zero. I got gotcha. you. And since it's a square wave, you know that's that's exactly what we should get, and right. it automatically formats the screen based on whatever the average voltage is, and of course it's centering on two and a half because it's an Arduino square wave right. that's coming out at five volts. So, right. so we have no negative signal. So it's giving us just what we what we should have with a square wave, um, and then if you want to. You know this this cut this little little bit of code. You know if you wanted to change uh, the sample, uh, this minus one leaves it. Um, yeah, you know, basically it's key presses. How many key presses do you right, want? right? And because I, I did a little reading about it, and there the you know there there's more. Um, you know if you. You know, continue on reading all of this. You, you'll find that there is a limit around eight kilohertz uh, is as fast as a sample rate as you can get, and that's on Arduino limitation. Right, because it doesn't go. It doesn't work any faster than that. It's, it's just not going to work any faster. Right. So, uh, which for a lot of things, you know, eight kilohertz. Yeah. So. So, but uh, you can simulate a sample rate. So here, how just. We'll go to, we'll simulate two key presses. Actually, that's three key presses, I'm sorry. Let's start at zero. So now, now we're sampling at roughly 1200 hertz, and now we're actually seeing the 200 hertz square wave that, uh, that I'm generating. And that, I think I skipped past that. I'm sorry. Uh, where is it? Okay, right here. Okay. So I'm I'm using the TV out tone function to generate a 200 hertz signal. Okay, so that's how you're generating your wave. Okay. So I'm gener yeah. So I'm generating this 200 hertz square wave, and that's what we're seeing on a. 1200 hertz resolution. Okay. But this was just too cool to pass up. Yeah, absolutely. 
uh, I mean, we've we've talked about you know there's another uh, Arduino oscilloscope that I've tried, um, you know that I tried to get working and I never could get it to work. So um, I'm looking forward to having a need for this and actually getting to use this in in real life. But uh, now here's the here's a here's the picture of it that with the library. So. And it uses it, and it uses this TV out library just like anything else. So, yeah, I guess it's it's important to note though you just don't want to the the input pin on the Arduino can cannot handle more than five volts. Right, it can't handle five volts, and it can only handle uh, fifty milliamps. That's. I'd have to I'd have to double check that. Yeah, to check, was, I don't know what the input is on no, it. I didn't have to worry about overloading it. Um, but yeah, you're you you have to put in some protection, and you can't go over five volts. Right. Uh, Just something we should probably mention. <laughs> Somebody yeah. goes and plugs right. it into the wall socket to see the sixty hertz. They're going to fry it. So. Yeah, yeah. Nothing like a cook Duno to brighten. It your wouldn't day. take very long either. <laughs> Not with that. No. Yeah, it'd be pretty instantaneous. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. But for what it's what it's meant to do, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's cheap, and 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 there's nothing to it. So, um, so that was just too good to pass up. And then while we're talking about this one, I found this. This is a spectrum analyzer, and this is this is off of YouTube. And here's the here's the code or. Uh, this is how the guy did it. I found this today and figured I'd have to... Actually, that's something I'm kind of interested in because one of my, my B project, I want to be able to record frequencies, so I'd be, be curious to see how he did it. Right, so, uh, but this is a, uh, you know, he's using the TV out. Um, you know, and there, there's, his, there's, the, there's the display. I mean, it's, it's working. So, um, of course, his circuit right here, uh, I'm not, I haven't read this enough to see, you know, how he's actually doing it. I just thought this was cool, like the oscilloscope. And, yeah, we'll have to put that in the show notes, a link to it, so people can read it. So, yeah. Um, and then the last, then the last file uh, that I've got, <coughs> sorry, um, this is more of a... Um, you know, I started throwing every every kind of text generation that I could on here. Uh, same introduction as what what I used before, um, and this is kind of similar to what uh, this little effect right here is is using the display as a block and creating a grid of 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 text. And then, and in this example, I'm just uh, ra randomly choosing. Gotcha. Uh, just randomly choosing characters, um, and then and then doing some basic, uh, you know, some basic things that you'd use on any display. You know, uh, counting up and down. Um, you know, now one interesting thing that I found is that if you just use the print command. It scrolls up the screen very intuitively. So, so here you're you're seeing it scroll 25 lines, and it just drops off the top line to put the next line down at the bottom. So the library is is very easy to work with. Yeah, that's nice. And then I've got some, I've got some time functions, uh, you know, just to show formatting and and things like that. So. Um, I can scroll this through this as quickly or as 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 slow as as you like, but you know a lot of these were the kinds of questions that I was getting asked. You know, how do you how do you get time on the screen and have it formatted in place properly? Well, the code we have gets that answered. Right. So. So I now I did make this random characters. Uh, function. Uh, I did turn that into its own function, and I ran out of time. But essentially, I've created a uh, the the movie Matrix. Uh, 
I've almost created a, the the reigning numbers. Yeah. With this, so I just didn't. I I kind of have it worked out in my head how to do the code, but I haven't had. I didn't have time to to do it. So, um, so some so here we we can. Oop, sorry. Got a fast mouse. <laughs> yeah. Count from zero to two hundred and back to zero. Okay, well there that's how you, there's how you do it. Um, you want to scroll some lines. Uh, through the screen, well, here's how, here's how we do it. So, very simple. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't, I don't need that line anymore. So, um, want to scroll some more lines? Nothing like fixing your code <laughs> line. Uh, you know, but the, but these print functions, there's a print and there's a println, uh, which automatically puts in the you know the return. the carriage return. Um, I didn't use it here because I wanted to display how how the scrolling worked. Um, but they, it scrolls very nicely. You know, it's a, it's a it's a it's a good library. So um, here's here's some count you know, counting time. Uh, you know how do you um, how do you do, you know how do you format it right? Uh, I mean that's that's what it's there for. Um, now somebody if they're watching this carefully will see that I'm using the TV delay rather than the regular Arduino delay. The reason for that is this delay actually is aware of the delay that is encountered when the timer goes off. Because in in using the timers, there is you, you're running code. The timer stops. It executes a little code that you say run every however often the timer occurs, and then you go back to your regular code. Well, that little that little extra will add up over time. So the TV delay right there will will help compensate for that. All right. And then counting. Counting up, uh, so it, and these were the questions that I was getting asked: is how do you, how do you display this? So, um, yeah, I, I figure you know if, if somebody has watched some of our other display, you know, our other demos, okay, well that, you know, you have a number, you divide it by sixty, now you have minutes, and since that's an integer, you're throwing away the remainder. If you want the remainder, you use modulo and net. Okay, so uh, you know that there's nothing terribly, terribly new right there. And then this random screen, uh, random, you know, this random screen. Essentially, what I'm doing is um, I calculate the number of characters that are that's in X. Calculate the number of characters in Y that I can get which now I've got X, Y, and I've essentially got an address grid of uh, characters, which in this case is, um, well, with the six, with the six by eight font, it's 22 by 12. And I don't remember what the four, we were displaying the, the four, uh, four by six font earlier and I don't remember how many I get but uh, to do the random I, I just give me a give me a random X give me a random Y and then all of the characters are in between ASCII codes 32 and 129 and I did add 120 what I call 129 in here is actually ASCII 219 because I actually came in here and this is the this is the font this is the font file okay actually added it went through by itself character 127 which is the delete key which is essentially just put nothing on the screen I added this next one to be the block that you can use that you need if you want to do a matrix like reigning number. Right. Okay. Like, 
So you added so, you added the font then. I added the font on the six by eight and the four by six, which are two of the fonts that come standard with the library. Uh, it's also got an eight by eight pixel font as well. So so this is the four this is the four uh, the four by six font that's appearing, and I don't know how many I've got across here thirty something. Um, but it's just randomly placing them. And, and of course, the inputs to this function are, you know, choose your font size, how long do you delay between each update, and how many steps do you want? And I think I've got it set. I think the, the demo right now is running 50 milliseconds and uh, 1,000 steps. So, but, it, you, know, it, you know, you could, you could run that yeah for a long time if you wanted to and then of course i stick in something like that just to just for fun <laughs> so you know that, that i guess this line of code g gives you an idea of you know warped sense of humor uh, so yeah well your comments are your comments are sensible <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's you generally know of course sense yeah. of humor is reading people's comments sometimes yeah, uh, and then you know the okay. Here's the let's make a demo, which or intro, which is the same. Yeah, same the code as what's elsewhere, and um, the centered X and centered Y. Um, if the author of this library is is interested in in me adding to it, I'm gonna I'll put these in the library itself uh, for for somebody else to use in the future. So. Um, but you know, it surprisingly, this, this it's a powerful library, and uh, even though I griped and complained extensively about how long it took me to get this stupid thing to work, once I got the right resistors in place, um, you know, it's a nice library, and it's it's easy to use, and it's uh, I mean, if you can dream it up, you can get it on the screen. So, uh, so I've. I don't think last time you sent me the actual schematic. I was going to draw it up in Eagle and stick it out on the website. Um, if you send it to me, I know it's super simple, but um, yeah, it is. Um, I the the schematic. I literally am using this right here. Okay, it's exactly that. Okay, maybe we we'll just point I'm them to using that then. Exactly this, uh, and the only th difference is that I have a 100 ohm uh, resistor. Uh, in between this audio pin and my speaker. Okay. And it's and it's a very basic, uh, you know, half watt, eight ohm speaker. Okay. So uh, now, one thing I while we're talking about the speaker is, I could not get this to work on the television. There was, I, I'm guessing there is just not enough signal coming out of the Arduino for, th for this TV to pick it up. Um, because I did try, you know, the, this audio cable is actually connected to the back of a, the TV still, and I can never get it to work. Yeah, so it may require some kind of op amp or something to boost yeah, it up. I, I, yeah, it would need some sort of amplifier on it to get the signal strength up a little bit because the Arduino just isn't isn't powerful enough yeah i guess the the other hard thing is finding a tv that can d that can still do uh composite, composite. yeah <laughs> they're harder yeah. and harder to find yeah i've been looking around for composite displays and there aren't very many of them around no so so i'm going to change i'm going to change this back to my comments because this is the i like i like this and we'll Upload it and save it. Yeah, you. I, I don't know if you caught it. That yeah, shift. Yeah, I saw that. Are you sure yeah. it isn't your monitor doing the shifting, adjusting? No, it's in the library. Okay. It, it's the way the thing is getting set up. Um, but you can see how this, you know, once I have this random display going, you, you can tell how easy it is to switch this to a matrix. Yeah. Right number display so so I'll probably do that just just for fun 
just, yeah, just because I can. So, um, so that, so that, so there's the. Uh, uh, so, so Jim asked about what about brightness and contrast in TV out. Um, this television has a little bit. I, I think if you were to you put a, um, you know a. You know, some sort of uh, pot resistor on here, you could tweak it a little bit. Um, but your resistors have got to be pretty close. Um, but because this is coming off an Arduino, you don't, you know, you're not getting color. Uh, essentially, all you're getting is 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 black and white. Right. Uh, I know this, this, when I'm looking at the, the, the video, it looks blue to me. But in reality, this is a, it's, it's pretty much a gray. Okay. You know, in looking at it, it's, it's pretty much a gray monitor. Right. And you can't adjust the grayscale. Is that correct? No. Okay. Not with an Arduino, no. And I, and I haven't even, I, the library doesn't support that level of detail. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's the question that was in from Jim. That's why I was asking those. So. Well, it, yeah, it's meant for an Uno. So, I mean, right. Um, yeah, you know, we're it's it's powerful. It does really well for for what it's meant to do. But yeah, we're not going to get color TV uh, off the right this. So yeah, there is there is a there is a limit to what we can what we can do. So, but it's a uh, I I'm I've been you know I've enjoyed playing with this. So I mean, while you've been doing Eagle, I've been I've been playing with this. So yeah, it's um, good. It's 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 been fun, and I I can very easily see where I use something. Um, the only uh, you know one of the one of the limitations that I guess somebody does need to be aware of is because it's using Arduino timers. You're 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 limited to what you can connect to the Arduino elsewhere. Okay, because you've got to use the dedicated pins that the Arduino timers are connected to. Right. So, so like on this Mega, okay, well, if I wanted to use, you know, 20, you know, this uh, 29 for something else, like the keypad, well, I couldn't do it because I'm stuck. Yeah. Right. So, right. Because they're attached to the timer. That's right. So now, and if I wanted pin 10 back, then I'd have to get rid of the audio. Right. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's the limitation, but. You know, thankfully the Mega has got gobs of of I/O pins, and yeah. working around one pin wasn't a problem. So, but it was a you know it's been a it's been a this has been a nice demo to to write up. That's cool. So, all right, let me. Uh, So now you now you get to see the screen the way it's yeah the way it's meant to. So, but yeah, it's been a it's been good and it's a it's a powerful uh, it's a powerful library. So, all right, well, that's great. That was a great <laughs> even uh, Chris in the chat room said it's cool demos. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, well, that's that took up the whole hour. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it's a uh, um, well, you know, you did two you did two weeks with Eagle. I figure I had to I had to come up with something good. So yeah, that's okay. I mean, the Eagle stuff was fun. I mean, I'm getting a low Eagle pretty well now. I'm more liking it. So you know, I didn't know to. I guess it was the first week I did that, or I think first week I did that. They have a free version of Eagle now. It's kind of limited what it can do, but it's a great way to to learn. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a. Yeah, I think you're limited to what? What is it? Like two by three inches, and I think it's by centimeters, but yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. But you can still do but, the schematic side of it, you know, and get to know the schematic side. You just can't do large board designs with it. 
But even the hobbyist version is like sixty nine dollars. Yeah, Which that's makes it, true. That's, and it's it's a bigger it's a bigger board. It's big enough for like doing a shield or something like that. Right. All so. right. Well, I think we will call it a night. Oh, so what are the round things behind you, Bob? They're CDs, aren't they? Huh? On the wall behind you? Somebody's asking what they, what they are. In the frame? Oh. Well, that's kind of... <laughs> that's kind of a... That's a longer story. Um, you know, I, I, if, if somebody's watched this show for a while, they know I used to work for ST Microelectronics. And the uh, the fab that was in uh, the Dallas suburb of Carrollton is the is the one I worked at. And when we were closing that site, uh, you know, ST decided they they wanted to close the site and the one in Phoenix. And when we were closing it, we ended up uh, printing. Uh, you can't really tell, but the one the uh, here. Let me. Move the. This right here is actually a six-inch wafer that you print computer chips on. I mean, that's that's what uh, um, you know when you're when you're building chips, you 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 build them on silicon wafers. So that's the silicon wafer, and we came up with a commemorative, you know, thank you for for all the years uh, kind of wafer. And it was printed with that mask. So there were, I don't know, 2,500 of those wafers printed, and they all used that mask. Oh, okay. When I was doing that, I had to do some, I had to write some software and use some things that, um, that weren't available to me at ST. So um, I, I, I did a bunch of work at home to get to get that to work and in the fine in the very fine print uh everyone who who worked at uh the Carrollton plant when the announcement was made um all 11 or 1200 people every one of them has their name printed on that wafer oh wow now the letters are only about uh, i think they're 100 microns tall Oh, so tiny, tiny. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You need a microscope to see them, but everybody's name is on there. That's cool. <laughs> and that was the that was the mask that printed all of those. So, oh. uh, I guess in the show notes, I could put in something about you know semiconductor manufacturing and masks and <laughs> yeah. That was that was my world for uh, you know the um the the decade plus that I was with ST and several years that I was with uh, TI before that is uh, is finishing out chip designs and turning it into something that manufacturing could use. Think Actually, we could do a whole show on that. It'd be interesting. People would learn how how they're made. Um, you know, it is very interesting and uh, uh, how it's made. Uh huh. The Discovery Channel. Yeah, show, I, I watch it all the time. They actually did a segment on how computer chips are manufactured. I don't know if I've seen that one. So uh, yeah, the how it's, it's, how it's made and how they do it are the two things I watch them a lot. Yeah, um, but that is the uh, so that was the deal. I use software in my own time and it, and my my uh, um, payment was I got the mask that actually did all the printing. Wow! Did, did everybody else get a frame with that one in it? No, that was a custom frame. Oh, okay. That was very expensive. Hmm. And we won't tell ST that they paid for it too. Doesn't matter anymore, does it? Doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> um, well, yeah, actually, I do. I I still do work for ST. Oh, so, okay. Uh, I I do contract work for them. So, um, but no, they you know that custom frame. Um, and and those masks are uh, very expensive. And when we bought that uh, mask in '09, that was fifteen hundred bucks for a seven-inch piece of quartz. Oh wow! So masks are very expensive. Um, but yeah, we we could 
I guess if we uh, we we need a topic sometime, I could ramble on for a while about mask <laughs> making and reticles and how how computer chips are manufactured. So wouldn't be as good as uh, you know uh, how it's made, but it'd right. be fun. All right. So so anything else? Uh, that's it. That's okay. it for me tonight. I think that's I've, a lot. <laughs> on for a long time. Yeah. Tonight. <laughs> all right well i'd like to thank everybody for tuning in again watch us on youtube or tell your friends about us if you have a portable device you can get us on any of the podcast locations and we're also on roku if you want to watch us on the big screen in your living room so and send us questions because most of this demo was was based on questions people were asking right and i actually answered a couple of questions today and just, i think i created more questions but <laughs> So, yeah, go ahead and ask. If, I, we're, if I'm slow at responding or Bob's slow at responding, just give us some time. We get a little inundated sometimes with different stuff. So, Yeah, we yeah we do have jobs. So, yeah. They get in the way. Yeah, the J-O-B. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. We'll see everybody next week. Good night. Night. For show notes for this show, contacts, and more, go to the techzen.tv website where you can get show notes for all of our shows. We love to hear from our viewers and listeners. We have an email, a Twitter, and a phone number where you can contact us for each show. For details, visit the techzen.tv website and get the show details. You can also make a video and upload it somewhere like YouTube or Vimeo and then just send us a link. You never know, you may see your video in a future show. You can get all of our shows delivered automatically to your favorite device by going to your favorite podcast website like iTunes and subscribing. Each of our shows also has a YouTube channel you can subscribe to to get regular updates. Our shows are also available on most internet radio networks, like Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. You can also watch and listen to our shows on Xbox, TiVo, and Roku. You can even find us on your Zoom.